0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. A survivor podcast about living with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. Join me as we heal together, raise awareness, and inspire everyone to survive, thrive, and conquer their past. everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. My name is Matt, your humble host here for another episode of the show here on the Survivor Airwaves. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. I'm so glad you found it, and I hope that you'll find this podcast validating, encouraging, and supportive for both you and for the survivor in your life. If you are a returning listener, thanks so much. You guys are amazing. You rock. I appreciate you guys coming back all the time listening to the shows, giving me your comments, your feedback. It means the world to me. This is why I do it so we can all continue to heal together, validate each other and encourage each other in this safe space every week. So I'm about to join a conversation that I had with a very special guest recently, Svava Brooks, joined me on the podcast. Um, Svava is a survivor coach. She's an author. She's a TRE instructor which we'll learn about as you hear the show. She's also a crisis intervention specialist just to name a few of her skills that she uses to help encourage healing for all who need it. I'm so grateful that Svava was able to take some time out of her day to chat with me on the topic of emotions in general, but specifically with the emotion of anger and what that means for survivors of abuse. So let's jump right into it here as I talk about being a survivor and not being able to open up to anyone because of the shame I felt. I know as a survivor growing up, it was so hard for me to be able to reach out to anybody. Uh, people that would ask me, you know, what's wrong? You know, what happened? Uh, or even just things like, how's your day going? And I would just shut down because I didn't feel safe. I was scared. I was ashamed, which is a huge one, of course, as we know. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, those feelings helped keep me stuck and miserable and alone as a child who was just craving, trying to just fit in trying to have friends. Um, in my case, I really wanted to hang out with all of the cool kids or you know, kids that I thought that were cool because I felt I, I would be accepted that way. And even though that's often not the case, as a young child, that's kind of all I knew. But the shame that I had gone through, which I didn't even realize was the root cause of it would just keep me from opening up to people, keep me from, from engaging in normal, healthy conversations. It would keep me stuck in my room watching TV, or it would keep me sleeping all hours of the day and, and then up all hours of the night overthinking everything. And it's so sad because I know what it's like. You know what it's like. So many people who are listening and um, know what it's like to just live in that shame and not being able to express your emotions really at all.
1: Yeah, and just your truth. I mean, I can share with you quickly. You know, as I became more comfortable with my own feelings and more open to the people closest to me having theirs, right? You know, as I had my children. You know, like my my second daughter. My my daughters are born pretty early in my healing journey, and so my trauma did impact my children as well. But my my middle child you know, struggled with a little bit of depression going through middle school and high school, and so I worked really hard with her, giving her permission to speak the truth about what she was feeling. I knew she was feeling things that were even, you know, pre-verbal when she was a baby, that she had a mother that was disconnected from her, because I, at that point, still hadn't learned to really be embodied. And, you know, let help her feel that I was connected and that I loved her. I was very just matter of fact going through the emotions. So as I was helping her, obviously she had a therapist, but you know, I really wanted to create a safe place for her to really to be outraged that mom, you you weren't there for me when I was little. You you didn't hold me when I needed you. You left me there when I I could have used you there. And to let her cry and, and let her be upset with me and me just you know letting her and not telling her to stop it or not telling her to get over it or not tell her to oh it's in the past. I really encouraged her because I knew how important it was for her, this is her truth. This is her body's experience and somehow in there she feels wrong for having them and I wanted her to be able to put it into words and to connect it with those feelings because you know it's in the past I can't change it but I can sit and listen and be a safe person my heart like it was it was hard to listen to but I wanted her to feel my 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 compassion and my sadness and wish that I could have done something better but I can't but I'm here now And, I mean, she's doing brilliantly today and has healed this depression. And and I, you know, really feel proud that I've given her the language, the emotional intelligence, the emotional awareness to really accurately assess what it is and what she needs and then how to communicate in her now young adult relationships. You know, what is it that she can need from from other people? So I hope that gave you some insight as to how we can work through this.
0: Oh, it absolutely does. And it's amazing how you were able to, you know, to open up to her and give her the permission to be angry, to vent any way that she needed. You realizing what it means and how important it is for her to be able to express that anger. So many, you know, yeah, right. And so many just don't get the opportunity to ever do that. So it's amazing that you were able to have that time with her, have that experience. And, you know, as you mentioned, she's benefited greatly from just realizing the importance that it's, that it's necessary and it's okay. And it's good to express your feelings and to express your emotions and to be angry for a time, which leads me to my next point, which is not hanging on to anger as a survivor, And just people in general, even who aren't survivors, hanging on to anger can be very easy to do, but of course it's not healthy um, in, in the way that it affects us. But maybe talk a little bit about the importance of after we've expressed anger in a healthy way, we've sought out safe people to talk to, we're starting to realize what the actual anger of emotion is to be modeled in a healthy way the importance of once we express it, not to dwell on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, anger is a very powerful emotion. And it's, you know, when we turn it outwards, is you know, you, you have to really recognize, you know, how are you using it? And what are you using it for? Are you using it to manipulate or control people? Or are you using it, you know, to get your needs met because you don't know how to ask for it differently? Or you don't know how to ask, for what you really want, you know what I mean? So it shows up as anger because you're not clear about what it, what it is that you really are, are asking for and that you feel like the only way you're gonna get or be heard is by expressing, you know, uh, anger through either, you know, blame or or using it in, in a way, that that kind of way. But it's, it's to recognize, I mean, anger is it's helpful like I said when it comes up it's like some some part of you feels violated some power part of you feels powerless when it comes up if you're you know recognizing you're being attacked or something has happened to you but if you're using it you know as a, as a way to blow up steam then you are definitely misusing it and the truth is when we get to that explosive point, you know, anger, you know, and you're using it that way, you're going to be hurting people more than than helping anybody. And the truth is, you're actually going to be hurting yourself more. Because if you, you know, dump anger on someone repeatedly, you're, you're going to lose that person and that trust in that relationship eventually. So it's never really helpful But maybe look at what's underneath it. And maybe underneath it is just this huge fear about really being vulnerable, about really opening up to, you know, you're maybe longing for connection and closeness that you really struggle with either asking for or you don't even know what it looks like to have it. And so there's ways that you can do to allow yourself to really feel the truth about what's going on underneath the anger.
0: Yeah, and something you had mentioned um, just now brought up a thought in my head, and that is the emotion of anger is not always about just us being angry at everybody else or us being mad at the world so to speak that's part of it but oftentimes we are mad at ourselves we get angry at ourselves as a survivor for or just as a regular human for whatever happens to come up but since you and i work with survivors i want to try and stay on that um you know type of topic whereas we get angry at ourselves for for many reasons not the least of which was that we couldn't stop the abuse i mean especially as a child when we realize that The abuse was happening. Somebody was doing it. That was older than us. That was that was taller than us. That was more life experience than us. Somebody that could dominate us, and we had nothing to do to be able to stop it because either we lived there or we saw them all the time, or even if it was a one-time thing where we were just in the wrong place at the wrong time, it still happened. But we find a way to blame ourselves, and that can really lead to a lot of anger at and and self-shame as you know. Well. As an adult, it's hard to connect with an inner child because it, it's hard to relate to the, to the mind of a 5-year-old or a 10-year-old or somebody who, who who went through this abuse because as adults, we're like, well, you know, we, we would have ran away or we would have told somebody or we would have just fought it off or whatever the case may be. But I know inner child work has been kind of the bane of my existence early on during my uh, healing journey at the time because I had such a problem getting to a point where I could accept that I didn't need to be angry at myself and that it wasn't healthy to be angry at myself because literally as survivors, most of the time we couldn't stop it even though we wanted to mainly because obviously we were too small and because we did not understand what was going on because the trust was broken from somebody that we thought we could trust.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's, it, and you know, when we are being hurt in that way, and that's where understanding a little bit about what trauma does to our bodies and our nervous system is that we are, like I said, our, your brain and your nervous system, you're hardwired for, you know, it's hardwired to protect you. So you, you know, people say, it's like, I, I would have left or I would have done something. It's like, no, you, you won't. Because if you are in a, what feels like a life-threatening situation, and especially as a child, your biology takes over. And then you, and some of us, I mean, I left my body. I wasn't even, you know, because it was so... if. To my psyche, such a great of a burden here is who I thought was my daddy hurting me. And I wasn't going to be present for that. So I leave my body. But then when we come back and years later, when I realized what was happening wasn't normal, right? The shame that I started feeling and then the anger, right? That I ended up turning on myself. And just you said, Matt, it's so we are way harder on ourselves. And we turn more of the anger onto ourselves in the beginning because often we don't understand that, no, you you were a powerless, a victim, and you can, you know, we can admit to being, having been victims in the, the moment of it and not having been helped out of it to transform and change the beliefs that we created about ourselves because of what happened to us. But, you know, survivors of, of um, child sexual abuse and, and trauma and neglect and, and a lot of childhood um, issues, we turn all these, this outrage to ourselves because somehow we feel responsible and we think that if we only would have done something different or been better or whatever we have, fill in the blank, right? That this could have stopped or could have ended. And, and for so many of my clients that I work with, and I do a lot of inner child work. Um, a lot about just giving a voice to whatever arises, whatever the feeling is called, and giving these parts of us that still live inside of us. Like still to this day, I have a picture of my six-year-old self on my nightstand next to my bed because, you know, I don't ever want her to think that I've forgotten about her because she... she took the brunt of it, and I love and I adore her, and I'm more connected to her than I am to my own children. And that's always, she's always my top priority. And that's really how the anger slowly started going away. Instead of turning that hate and anger and disappointment onto myself, I started really truly learning to love myself. And that's, you know, why I ended up writing that book, because I was struggling with how to really shift that focus and that thinking. Um, towards the end of you know moving on from just the surviving part to really starting to
0: thrive. You mentioned your inner child, the little girl inside of you, and in my case, the little boy inside of me who was between five and 10 when the abuse happened. And when I first started this healing journey, I didn't even know that I had an inner child. Like I I had no idea what it was until somebody taught me. And then of course I started doing research on it, but it became apparent to me very quickly that I had that I held a lot of anger towards my inner child. And, and you know, as mm-hmm. we touched on before, you know, why didn't you run away? Why didn't you tell somebody? And as an adult, it's hard to rationalize, like I said, to be so defenseless, to not be able to do anything about it. And I think that's what's hard for a lot of people to understand who haven't been through it. And something that is so important about your book and the videos and, and just the work that you're doing with survivors in general is that it's important to reparent that inner child and that there is hope to be able to reparent your inner child and spending decades hating your inner child and, and, and being angry and or just flat out ignoring the inner child, which is something I did as well. But then coming around once we start to work through our healing and saying, wow, you know, you really were defenseless. There was nothing you could do. You know, so-and-so did these things to you and they betrayed your trust. And when you think about it, about how innocent a child is, you know, young child's, toddlers, preschool whatever, when they're in that situation, you freeze, you know, m- most often than not because you can't run away because you don't know what to do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you can't fight off because you're too small, so often we just freeze and then of course we're groomed to not tell anybody. But I just think it's amazing when you were talking about inner child about how how empowering it is once you connect with that inner child and actually Give that inner child a voice and love that inner child, so that they can have the voice they never had. And when you connect with that inner child, amazing things can happen.
1: Yes, and the beauty of it too is like as you connect and and connect and and give that part of your voice, you're also giving your body a voice because all that is contained in your body. And so many of us struggle with all kinds of physical. You know, basically manifestation of trauma and tension and rage and anger and self-hate. It's all shows up in our body as as breakdown. Um, and so, when we really start to be, you know, give this part of you a voice, you also feel better about your body. And that's where, you know, my my recent, you know, certification, of learning about, you know, trauma release exercises, where we really live an amazing, our body is an amazing organism that is hardwired for not just survival, but for thriving and healing ongoing. And we're really kind of at the golden age of, you know, discovery of how much we can heal and transform our, our bodies and our nervous system. And, um, it, and, and I think people are healing faster. I don't think it's going to take people 20 years like it took me because I think as a collective, more and more of us are understanding this and, and we're, we're supporting each other. And when the collective has the, the belief that and holds the belief that, yes, we can do this, yes, we are doing this, this is how we're going to do this, we are lifting more and more of us up at the same time and people are feeling way, way faster than they ever have.
0: I want to touch on that trauma release exercises that you mentioned here before we're done. Before we do that, though, you had mentioned something else, and that was the ability to heal faster. And I think part of that is obviously because of the amazing people like yourself and survivors stepping up and the stigma starting to kind of get released a little bit and get removed and people are realizing it's okay to say that they were a survivor and that it's okay to reach out and ask for help and not be ashamed. And plus there are so many resources now that may have not been available then. I mean, obviously with the dawn of the internet, everything is just a click away, you know, be it free resources or books or, or coaching classes or safe healing groups or online chats, just things that survivors can do to come together and really just be with a kindred spirit, if you will. That somebody who gets it and, and has been where they are or somebody who lives with somebody who's been through what we have been and they will just sit there as you did with your daughter and just listen and let us vent and let us cry and let us smack pillows and let us write out our feelings, whatever it is that we do. To express the anger, the rage, the shame, the sadness, everything that comes along with being a survivor. The work that you do is amazing, and I'm so grateful for it because and as as are your clients and everybody that you interact with, because you um, along with so many others are really helping to facilitate this faster healing and encouraging everybody to really just you know get in touch with our feelings, express it and just realize that it's okay. To have a past that wasn't the most average, everyday, or storybook type of past, but you know it doesn't have to define who we are and what our future's about if we just embrace what happened and try and learn from it.
1: Exactly, it doesn't have to become your fate. You, c- it could actually be your destiny to really um, embrace, and that's the acceptance piece. It's like you know I had to accept that you know there is you know I can't go back I can't change it it's done it's over but you know I'm gonna do everything that I can to make every day count moving forward and that's where you know it almost becomes you know a lifestyle I'd be, i was like yeah I'm gonna thrive and I'm gonna heal and it's, it's it's my commitment to have a healthy lifestyle that heals my body that restores this this distress and the tension that I put on my systems, my nervous system and really practice that self care and start to, you know, practice, you know, reconnecting socially with people that I feel in my heart are safe people. I'm going to practice that discernment and practice speaking my truth and and practice like being this new way of being me, living out of something that I want for myself instead of continuing to live out of what I hated about myself. It makes a huge difference. And and just the self-care piece, it's like if you do nothing else, Just start to focus on what, you know, makes you feel healthier, a little bit healthier or stronger or gives you more joy every single day. Just those pieces make a huge difference because when we start treating ourselves better, the outside world starts to respond to, you know, we teach people how to treat us. We teach people how to honor our truth and listen to us because we ourselves, are listening to our truth and we're listening to our rage and and tears and and what you know what happened to us not because we're stuck in it but as we heal our body will will bring up just some little pieces that are crucial for you to just honor yes it was hard yes it hurt yes you have every right to be outraged this is what it feels like to be outraged about what happened to you But now you have a birthright to enjoy the rest of your life. What does that look like? What does that feel like? What do you want from that? You can claim it. It's your choice. And that's That's, what I help people to do.
0: You really do. You really do. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking there that the abuse happened once or multiple times. And obviously it affected us to our very being. Um, as children as um, as teenagers, as young adults, as older adults, and you know staying on the topic of anger, but until we start to realize that it 's good and healthy to express anger in a healthy way, and that it it's it 's a normal emotion, it keeps people at bay, it keeps a support system at bay because if we 're angry and lashing out and raging all the time. and and being closed off and not letting others in, it keeps us stuck and it pushes away our support system. But once we start to use anger as a healthy expression and understand what it means to be mad and to be pissed off at what happened, and it was horrible and it was evil and it was horrific, and give ourselves a chance to to express it in a safe way, once we start to realize that we can express anger in a safe way, we start to, to give ourselves a break. We start to become more tolerant of of just life in general and people in general. And that brings me to my point of it helps really bring back that support system that maybe was lost because we were we we were pushing them away unknowingly at the time. But by us having going through expressing our anger and now able to kind of keep it under control or to use self-care to to deal with the anger and the rage that happens inside to work with professionals like yourself to really understand what it means to to use anger to our advantage that helps us in the future to develop healthy relationships and you know as i said it helps us give us give ourselves a break and give our partner and those around us a break
1: Mm -hmm. yep
0: You know, it's very hard. I went through the stages you you had mentioned about beating on a pillow and all these things. I went through a similar stage where you know I I was in a safe spot and I was able to break some things and um, you know do some stuff that was in a controlled, safe environment. But it really helped to release everything, and it was so um, validating and so just empowering. Finding healthy alternatives of rage and violence. Um, Maybe talk for a little bit about if you can. Just some healthy ways that we can express anger, be it, you know, different types of self-care or art or writing, things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you already mentioned, you know, um, you know, and I and I think healthy expression of, of our full range of emotions is important, you know, because we are not it's not just black and white. You know what I mean? We are our capacity for feeling is is immense that when we, as children, like I said, disconnected from our bodies, you know, because our nervous system was helping us, we, and as we got older, we are worried about getting in touch with them. We can't just choose, well, I'm going to turn off anger and fear and, you know, sadness. Because when we turn off those feelings, we turn off all the feelings. We can't even feel joy or pleasure or gratitude, you know what I mean? It all gets shut off. So, my, my, enc- my encouragement to your listeners would be to, to get familiar with, you know, all your feelings, you know, because they kind of build on each other. There is, a, there is a spectrum, if you will. And then for healthy, you know, anger, if you're wanting to get in touch with it and wanting to express some of it, you know, writing is a beautiful way. You know, find someone that you can read those letters to and get put voice to it. Um, Or have someone read them to you. So you get to hear the outrage when somebody else perhaps reads your story. Sometimes we have a hard time actually connecting to the core of it. Um, And then you mentioned in a safe place where you can go, you know, throw, you know, break a glass or glass plate. They actually have places where you can do that. Or go to a boxing studio and and beat um, a bag or pillow. And there are workshops that you can find now where... They will actually have allow you to really get in touch with your deep, deep feelings um, and express them fully. And it's, in it, and it's learning how to express them fully and kind of, you know, let the vent off, you know what I mean? Take the lid off a little bit that we slowly learn how to manage that more and more in our daily daily life. And then we recognize, well, when do I feel angry in my life? You know, what are the things that set me off? What are my triggers? And then you kind of backtrack to, it's like, well, is that something that's happening now or is it actually coming from the past? Then what part of you in the past is still needing, you know, to, to have a voice? And that's when it's helpful. Like, you know, we talked about inner child. It's like recognize, is it your inner teenager? Is it your wounded self? Is it your shadow self? There's many different parts of us that, that hold pieces. Um, and to give each of them a voice and, you know, especially anger in a safe place, practice and practice with a safe partner. And then if some, something happens in your life that you recognize, you know, you're being, you know, unfairly attacked or someone is being unfair to you, you can actually voice it. You know, what you're saying makes me feel angry. Because I'm not being heard, I'm not being validated, you're not listening to what I'm asking to, you can actually just use the word to tell them how you're feeling, instead of actually letting it explode, and maybe dump it all on somebody else. So it's, it's, a, it's a process but definitely starting in a safe place and recognize you have feelings, we have emotions. And then allow yourself to bring more of that into um, into your relationships and your daily interactions with people because it's in our body too, right? The same place where you feel anger is where you feel love and where you feel peace and where you feel gratitude. So it opens up a whole lot of good too when we feel safe with, with some of the, the harder feelings.
0: You are so right. Um, being able to express all of the emotions in a healthy way. Obviously anger, it was the topic of of our chat today but you know going along with um expressing the shame and the sadness and the depression but also expressing happiness and joy in a healthy way so that we are not invalidating others yeah
1: and i think i want to say matt it's like this is also where we develop that empathy you know what i mean because it you know if i could just quickly share one of the hardest things for me to look back on is that because i was so disconnected from all of my emotions like when my oldest was just a toddler and she would fall and hurt herself you know she would be crying on the floor and i would be standing there looking at her like not even putting it together that i needed to pick her up and console her it's like my empathy was broken like i couldn't connect with something outside of myself even something as precious as my own child because it was so disconnected so any you know getting in touch with our feelings helps us and feeling for ourselves and you know helps us connect with feelings in others and and to be happy and hold like that's the only reason why I can do the work that I do Matt because I I know how to hold my own feelings I can also hold that safety for somebody else that's going through grief and and crying through some horrific experience, is sharing with me, I just, I have empathy, and I know how to, you know, hold that in a safe way without judgment or without needing to hurt, having the other person minimize their experience because of my discomfort with it. No, I'm like I'm right here with you because I've been through my own. Does that make sense?
0: it absolutely makes complete sense and it was so well said just being able to learn what what empathy is and learn how important it is and you know being able to sit with people and, and and let them know that they can say whatever they want and feel safe because you've been there you know what it's like that's just it's empowering and it's just a great way to really start to wrap this up a little bit because that feeling of validation that we give to ourselves and that we give to others is just something that is so important because as we've talked about all throughout this podcast, none of that, none of the emotions at all, be it anger or, or anything else was modeled in a healthy way. And when we can start to model that for others, it's such a great first step towards just a whole new feeling of empowerment, of validation, of hope that we can really not have our our trauma be our birthright, so to speak, but to have hope and healing and thriving be our birthright. Um, I yeah. want to finish up a little bit, if I can, and, and maybe have you talk about for um, a little bit about the uh, trauma release exercises that you are certified in um, as an instructor, because it's very interesting to me. I was reading it up on your website, but maybe tell everybody uh, exactly what that is.
1: Sure. Um Yeah, that's something that I wish I would have had access to all these years ago, right? But basically, tension and trauma release exercises, if anybody Googles it, TRE, is developed by David Purcelli. And basically, it's um, a self-help process that teaches you, and that's me, I'm always looking for something that I can teach people to do themselves, um, that you learn how to activate this innate knowing, like your body already knows how to do this, that your body already knows how to release tension and trauma that is kept in your body that may have been trapped because you weren't getting the support and the acknowledgement to, you know, completely finish the cycle of trauma. Like I said, your nervous system knows how to protect you from trauma that same nervous system also knows how to help you resolve it and complete the residue, the, the, like in the fight and flight, when that you know um, gets activated in your nervous system, it, it's hormone spike in your body. But so many of us get stuck in the activation of it and we haven't been taught and supported to actually go into the other side of it is when your nervous system actually comes back and relaxes. Uh, David Bruselli, after traveling and teaching on war-torn countries, recognized it didn't matter what language people spoke and what culture they came from, everybody tends to respond to the trauma the same way. We all kind of clinch or hunch over in protecting ourselves. And, you know, backtracking, watching the body doing this, recognize where in the body our psoas muscles Our our core muscles that are often called the fight-or-flight muscles in our bodies. Now, he developed seven yoga exercises that you do over time and in a safe place, especially if you have trauma, you do it. It's best to learn with a practitioner over time until you feel safe to do it on your own. That you do yoga stretches that fatigue the muscle and relax the muscle enough to allow the body to with the nervous system, start these tremors in your body, and it's, it, it's um, very hard to explain. It needs to be experienced to fully understand the release that you feel in your body and the deep relaxation that you can feel. And now, having done GREs and gotten my certification, my inner awareness and the trust. That I have in my body now and my inner and my intuition and my awareness of other bodies around me has been so magnified and it's really really powerful so we aren't just stretching our muscles we're actually working and resetting our nervous system so it's really really exciting and I'm so happy to tell the world about it to anybody who will listen so you may want to look look into it some more Matt. (laughs)
0: Absolutely, yeah. And if you would like to know more about TRE, you can find out information um, over on her website, which is educateforchange.com. That's educate, the number four, change.com. This has been amazing, Svava. We've covered so many amazing aspects of the the anger, emotion, and just dealing with emotions in general and getting in touch with ourselves. It's been incredible. I appreciate you so much and, and the work that you do. Um, Let's just close out by you letting everybody know how they can get in touch with you and um, as far as being um, a client of yours and going through things like TRE or being part of your summit or getting your book or anything like that.
1: Well, thank you so much again. It's um, just been a pleasure to connect with you, and I really appreciate the work that you're doing, and, and the spirit that you're doing it in. Like like none of us is gonna do it alone, but the more people, survivor thrivers out there that are lifting everybody up, the better. So, the people can find me on my website, educateforchange.com, and that's educate the number four change.com, and my email is fava at educateforchange. Um, also, I'm on all social media. You know, look for Spava Brooks. There's not many of us out there. And my book, uh, Journey to the Heart, um, the 365-day guide to thriving after trauma, you can find on Amazon or Kindle. And um, and on my website, you can also, you know, purchase actually the three summits, Matt, that you keep referring to. I've interviewed some of the foremost um, experts on trauma. You know, that I, I did a three interview series that were quite um, powerful. Where, you know, I will often go back and re listen to those interviews with, you know, David Perzelli or Peter Levine and some, you know, Kristen Nuff, like a lot of the science behind, you know, trauma and healing right now. And people can purchase the, those. And, you know, for your healing library, there's, like you talked about earlier, we have access to so much. Through the internet right now Um, and I write blogs every week so people can subscribe to my weekly blog as well and um, I offer one-on-one coaching and I have also a closed Facebook group um, growing there's about 900 people there already or so where there's a community of kind of a peer support so I have lots going on and happy to support or guide anybody that, that is seeking
0: Thanks again for listening to Surviving My Podcast, sponsored by survivingmypast.net, a blog about my life with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD, and in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. This podcast or any resources sponsored by survivingmypast.net should not be considered as therapy or professional medical help. If you are in crisis, I encourage you to seek out the services of a mental health or physical health professional. I also encourage you to check out online crisis support from sites like rain.org, oneand6.org, and the Samaritans. If you would like to be a guest on a future podcast, just contact me anytime through email, Matt net, or use the contact forms on the blog. Thank you again for your support and encouragement, and always know that you rock. Talk to you soon.